Daniel chapter number 10. Daniel chapter number 10. Daniel chapter number 10 is where we will be studying this morning. Daniel chapter number 10. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. If you would like to follow along, the words will be on the screen for you. As is our custom, let's stand in honor and reverence to God's holy word. Daniel chapter number 10. We'll begin at verse number one. and We'll go through chapter 11, verse number one. Hear the word of the Lord. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like barrel his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, Understand the words that I have speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. And when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O oh my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me. 
and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. And as for me in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One commentator has said, there is no preaching value in Daniel chapter number 10. And I must admit that upon the first reading, actually, let me be honest, the first like three or four readings, I felt like, what in the world is there to say about Daniel chapter number 10? Well, I'm glad you asked that question too. There is a word from the Lord for us here in Daniel chapter number 10. At least by my count, I may have been off a little, 11 times there is a term that is repeated here in Daniel chapter number 10. That term is word. If you go back and you look at chapter 10, you will see at least 11 times word, word, words. And so I think Daniel is trying to be very clear here that there is a word from the Lord. Here in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10 is the beginning of the last section of Daniel. And this is about, he says, a vision that is to come. Daniel chapter number 10 is all preparation for the actual content of the vision in Daniel chapter number 11. So all we're doing here in Daniel is setting up the actual vision of chapter number 11. But yet again, Daniel repeats time and time again this term, word, 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 word. Here, if we start with Daniel chapter 10, Beginning with even verse number one, we see that term repeated over and over again. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. So I think there is a word that we are to learn from Daniel chapter number 10. 
First of all, the first thing that we ought to learn from Daniel chapter 10 is a word concerning prayer. A word concerning prayer. This chapter opens by giving us the setting. It says it was in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that a word was revealed to Daniel. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. Why is this setting significant here? Well, to really understand the timing of this chapter, we actually have to look back at the book of Ezra, beginning with chapter number one. Ezra 1 tells us that when Cyrus became king over Persia, the Lord stirred up his spirit to send some of the Jews who were exiled to Babylon. He wanted to send them back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And if we keep reading the book of Ezra in chapter number four of Ezra, it tells us that as they, they, after they laid the foundations of the temple, there were enemies or adversaries that rose up. And they opposed the rebuilding of the temple. These adversaries were so good at their job that we find out that another king of Persia by the name of Artaxerxes uh, uh, actually caused the rebuilding project to cease. He put a halt to it because of these adversaries. At this time, Daniel is now probably over 80 years old. And he has received a report or he has heard that there are adversaries to the rebuilding of the temple, the housing of the dwelling place of God. And so what does Daniel do? This passage teaches us that Daniel petitions heaven on behalf of his people. And for some reason, Daniel did not go back to Jerusalem. He stayed there. And so Daniel and his people are experiencing a crisis. Remember, their land, their home, their city, and their temple have been destroyed. And then they were in exile, but now God has sent them back. But they've gone back to a land that is in chaos. And they are experiencing opposition now. And what does Daniel do in the midst of this crisis? The text says that he received a word, a revelation. And he says that this word was true. Why did Daniel receive this revelation? Look at verse 2. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. In the midst of this crisis, Daniel turned to God. He fasted. Not only did he fast, but he also prayed. I didn't make that up. Jump down to verse number 12. Then he said to me, he is an angel, said to me, Daniel, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come 
because of your words. Beloved, Daniel shows us how to handle a crisis. You need to storm the gates of heaven and pray until your change comes. God's word to Daniel was in response to Daniel's words to God. And so this passage teaches us that in the times of crisis, we need to call on the name of the Lord. But Daniel didn't just pray. He accompanied his prayer with fasting. He withheld something that he normally would have to demonstrate to God how much he needed him. Beloved, do you wrestle with God in times of crises? There are some battles that can only be overcome by fasting and prayer. Here's something interesting about this passage, though. Daniel says, I prayed and I fasted. Notice the timing. He says it was for three weeks. This is interesting, just coming off the tail of Daniel chapter 9. Because in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel prays, and the, he says that while he was speaking and praying, the angel Gabriel came to him in swift flight to answer his prayer and gave him understanding. Daniel prayed in chapter 9. He interceded on behalf of his people, and while he was yet praying, he got an answer from God. But here in Daniel chapter 10, he prays and he fasts, and he's got to wait three weeks. So we see a word concerning prayer, but now we see a word about a weight concerning prayer. The weighting of prayer. Why such the drastic difference is the question. In chapter 9, God is in a hurry to answer his prayer. In chapter 10, it takes three weeks. What changed between chapter 9 and chapter 10? Did God love Daniel less? Nope. Twice in our passage, Daniel is told that he is greatly loved by God. Was it sin in Daniel's life? There's no, no implications of that in our text. What took so long this time for God to get the answer to Daniel? Look at verse 5. Daniel shares with us in verse 5, he says, I saw a man clothed in linen. This is some sort of heavenly being. Then in verse 10, this heavenly being speaks to Daniel. Let's look at verses 12 through 14. He says, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words have been heard, and, ha and I have come because of your words. For, let, let's just stop right there. Let me go off script for a moment. What comfort this ought to bring to the people of God? Your words have been heard. We, you wonder sometimes, does God hear your words? But the text teaches us that God God hears the prayers of his people. 
He says, from the time you first spoke the words, he heard them. And now, the angel says, I have come because of your words. You, you see that cause and effect? Daniel spoke the words through prayer, and, and the effect was God dispatched an angel. Heaven moves when the people of God pray. Oh, what happened to y'all? Oh, y'all still on yesterday's time. Y'all trying to get used to it. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we right now at the Bridge Church in Wichita, Kansas, in the great, this great country called the United States of America, we need heaven to move on our behalf. And beloved, if we want God to move, we are to storm the gates of heaven. Let me go ahead and bury the lead here. This is how you fight your battle on your knees. This is what Daniel teaches us, that in the time of battle, fight from your knees. He says, I came to you because of your words. Verse 13. He says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia which withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days for the vision is for the days yet to come. Now, let's just think here. This prince of Persia cannot be human. Because no human could withstand a heavenly being. So then this must be one heavenly being against another heavenly being. This prince of Persia is some sort of heavenly being as well. So the delayed answer to prayer actually had nothing to do with Daniel. The delay to his prayer was because there was a battle in heaven. There was an, a conflict between God's angels, Gabriel and Michael, and Satan's angels, which are demons. I think there's a lesson for us to learn. Sometimes the answer to our prayers are delayed, not because of us, but because of spiritual warfare. Beloved, prayer is an act of war. Prayer is our weapon against the enemy. And sometimes when we pray, it actually not only does it move heaven, but it moves hell as well. Hell heard Daniel's prayer, and it got moving as well. And so now, God was sent an angel to answer Daniel's prayer, but, in the, but on the way, hell got in the way. Sometimes our prayers are delayed, not because of anything we've done, but because of spiritual Warfare. Sometimes Satan does everything he can to keep God's answer from you. Now, let me make something very clear. Satan can never stop the will of God. He's not powerful enough to do that. 
but he can hinder the progress of the will of God. We see a word about prayer. We see the waiting concerning prayer. Let's look at the war of prayer. We've talked about this. There is a clear reality concerning spiritual warfare. I think this passage teaches us, first of all, that angels are real. It it, it seems basic, but in the church of God, we still have to teach the truth concerning angelology. Angels are real. They are God's servants and messengers. All around us in the heavenlies, beloved, there are battles being fought between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Sometimes these battles happen on two different fronts. Sometimes battles have to do with nations. We see this happening in our text. There's a battle going on in the heavenlies between Persia and Israel. And I'm convinced that the Bible teaches us that God has assigned angels to every nation. Let me prove it to you. Deuteronomy, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 8. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, here's what it says, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of God. Sons of God there refer to angels, heavenly beings. When he talks about fixing the borders, he's talking about nation. So God has assigned every nation an angel. And so I'm convinced that even America has an angel assigned to it by God. But it appears from my text by way of implication that Satan has designated angels for nations too that fight against God's angels. This passage teaches us that angels inspire human governments and their leaders for better and for worse. Even today, Satan continues his attempts to sway earthly powers and he focuses his attention on nations of the world with the most influence. International conflicts are not just the result of human decisions. Oftentimes, international conflicts are the earthly reality of what's actually happening in the heavenlies. This reality, not only spiritual warfare, not only happens between nations, but it also happens between individuals. That's why I read earlier, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
Beloved, I'm convinced that many of the problems and conflicts in our lives and in our world are the result of spiritual warfare. Some of you have come to the Bridge Church because we exist to be a multi-ethnic church. We deal with race and racism. People come to our church and they, they expect us to deal with this hard topic of race and racism. At the root of racism is spiritual warfare. See, see, we like to make it like it's white against black, but that's really not the case. The text says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The root of it is spiritual warfare. All forms of discrimination. Problems in this world boil down to spiritual warfare. World War I, World War II, spiritual warfare. 9-11, spiritual warfare. Let me see. Let me come into your neighborhood real quick. That co-worker that you just can't stand. Uh-huh. Pick up your head. I'm talking to you. That boss that you just can't seem to get along with. Spiritual warfare. That beloved church member that gets on your last nerve. Spiritual warfare. Let me see if I can get closer since y'all going to be quiet on me today. That argument that you just had with your spouse. The arguments. A lot of it has to do with spiritual warfare. The challenges that you're having in parenting your children. Spiritual warfare. So then, in the midst of spiritual warfare, how do you fight? And this Daniel teaches us that we fight our battle on our knees. We can not win supernatural battles with natural means. Supernatural battles require supernatural weapons. And that's what we read earlier from Ephesians chapter 6. The word of God, faith, prayer. That's how you fight spiritual warfare. What are we to take then? What are we to take from Daniel chapter number 10? Remember, I told you that this week is a setup for what the actual vision in Daniel chapter number 11. As I just spoke about conflicts in our home, at work, and in our church. Beloved, I'm convinced that God is uniquely calling us to a time of focused prayer and fasting. Sounds like a good time to announce that this coming Wednesday, we will have a corporate prayer meeting right here in this space, Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. 
we need to pray. And I think many of us, not only do we need to pray corporately, but we need to enhance our prayer life individually. In the same way you set 20 alarms for your day at work, maybe you need to set an alarm to remind you to pray. There is no more important matter than to call on the name of the Lord. It's more important than being on time for work. It's more important than that lunch meeting. This is a call for the people of God to take prayer seriously. I think this is a reminder also that as we have conflicts, interpersonal conflicts, we ought to not paint the other person as the enemy. I think this is a reminder to Republicans that Democrats are not the enemy. I'm coming. Don't wait. Just hold on. I think this is a reminder to Democrats that Republicans are not the enemy. And I'm bringing this up because the election's on Tuesday. The enemy is the kingdom of darkness. And so no matter where you land on the political spectrum, we've got to fight against the enemy, not against one another. So we fight from our knees. I think this passage, as I said, is also a call to pray. But I also think this passage is also a call to endure. Daniel could have given up after day one when he prayed. But for for some reason, he kept praying to day two. Then day two, he didn't get his answer, so what did he do? He prayed to day three. On day three, he didn't get his answer, so he went to day four. And he kept praying until he received his answer. That's what the old preacher where I grew up, he he, he would tell us, he said, you got to push, 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 push. Pray until something happens. And beloved, I think some of us need to be confronted with the truth is that oftentimes we give up too soon on our prayers. And so this is a call to persevere in prayer. What prayer have you given up on that you need to pick back up and keep praying until your change happens? I believe if God wouldn't have answered after 21 days on day 22, Daniel would have kept praying. Finally, I'm also thankful That God has angels who work on behalf of his people. I'm reminded of what I was taught as a little boy. Come on, worship team. That all day and all night, angels were watching over me, my Lord. 
Some of the reasons that some of us are, uh, have received the protection that we have is because angels were encamped around about us. You know, you know that time when you were on your phone and didn't realize if the light was green or red, but you went through the intersection. Tell the truth. God had an angel protecting you. But why danger, hurt, and harm didn't come around you? Because God had some angel protecting you. So I'm grateful that God protects me by, the, by whatever means he deems useful. And sometimes it's through the means of angels. But there is a great battle happening all around us, people and children of God. And so we must equip ourselves to fight in this battle. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for speaking to us through Daniel chapter 10. As difficult as it was to find preaching material and something to understand, you have showed us clearly that there is a spiritual battle happening all around us. But you have showed us also that you fight on behalf of your people. And so that God, today we proclaim and we remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we move forward, not in a place of fear, but we, we, we move forward knowing that we fight from a place of victory. So God, now help us to endure this battle. Help us to wage war against the enemy with the weapons you have equipped us with. Now, Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.